Welcome back to Ignite. Uh, I want to talk to you in the subject of having fun. Seems like so many Christians today are not having fun. So are you having fun? Um, really, is, is God your Savior and Lord? Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? I mean, you have the God of the universe who created everything. We're looking after you and giving you the promise of eternal life. How can you not have fun knowing that? <laughs> So um, I want to delve into this subject a little bit because what we say we feel and what we really feel can often be two different things. Our actions are not somehow supporting the scriptures that we know and we love and we quote, but we still don't live them. So uh, um, let's go back to say, how do, we, how do we love God? How do we show God that we, we love him? Do you love God? Um, it's, it's talked about in so many places in scripture. I love in Revelation chapter two where um, there's the, the letters of the seven churches. I mentioned before that Karen and I have been to all seven of those churches in, in Bible study, and, and they're all so fascinating. But on this particular subject, in Revelation chapter two, it comes to the, the church at Ephesus, and he says, um, I, I know you go to church, just speaking to Christians, speaking to us. I, I know you go to church, and, and I know you're faithful and, and you give sacrificially. It is my words, but he says, I know you know good teaching for bad, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. I'm no longer your first love and you're no longer doing the first work. The first thing every Christian does when they get saved is tell people about Jesus. When you love God, you tell people about Jesus. When you love anything, you tell people about it. If you love the hamburger you had last night, you're probably telling somebody about it today. Whatever you're excited about, you talk about. So it's really a self-test for you. Are you talking about Jesus? Is he, is he top of mind for you? If he's not, then you've probably lost him as your first love. I don't mean you're not going to heaven. I'm not getting into that, but, but you have moved away and, and this world does that to you, doesn't it? It just crowds in on you with all the cares of this world, all the problems of this world, it just almost crushes you. <laughs> um, it's an important subject because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So are you keeping his commandments? <laughs> You probably can't even quote all 10 commandments. Actually, you don't have to. All you have to do is quote two. What's the most important commandment? Remember, they asked Jesus, so what's the most important commandment? And he said, to love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're as concerned for their salvation as you are your own. And that goes for everybody you're with you have responsibility. You, you should, if you don't, you should. <laughs> Since responsibility, you can't get them saved, but you have, you have this responsibility to tell them there's good news. You don't have to worry. There's a God who loves you. And nobody turns you away when you tell them God loves you. They don't get mad at you for telling them God loves you. The question is, do you love him? And if you love him, you show him that you love him by living, by, by living his commandments. And the most important commandment is to love him and love your neighbor as yourself. So you, you might say, well, I kind of get that, but how does that, can it really satisfy all 10? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, well, Jesus said it, so it is true. But why did he say it? He said it because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you'll change all the stupid stuff you're doing. 
and you'll stay focused on what you should be doing. I mean, if you realize that everything you say and do in your clothing, in your habits, and where you go, and what you look at, and what you laugh at, I'm talking about your whole life. If you realize that the whole sum total of you is leading people watching you closer, further away from God, that, that adds a whole nother dimension to you. And quite frankly, and, 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 and literally, it, 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 it fulfills the rest of the law. So it frees you from the law. You don't have to, am I, am I in the right space? I used to have that when I was a kid. Am I, am I right? Am I, I'm just looking like I don't want to get God mad at me. He, he won't get mad at you. He loves you. Okay, he loves you. He can't love you any more than he already loves you. But living for him comes from understanding that you have purpose in your life. And you do it for joy. You do it for God's purpose. Understand that everything you say and do full-time, you're in full-time ministry. No, 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 I am now, oh yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, you're a witness. You've always been a witness. Uh, some of us um, have been witnesses for the prosecution, quite frankly. <laughs> you're not moving people closer to God. Uh, but this is a responsibility we have every day all day long, everything we do, everything we go. That changes your life. And, and you're not doing it focused on, I gotta satisfy that law and that law. And you have all this legalism. I kinda grew up in legalism and, and uh, it, it robbed me of my joy. I didn't have joy. As I look back now, legalism isn't all that bad because we've lost this whole thought of being holy as he is holy, right? The, the idea of living a life where you're leading everybody to Jesus um, seeps into our everyday lives. I'll tell you how not to do it, and it's done often. Sunday lunch, we go out with our friends after lunch. <laughs> we probably stay a bit too long because we're having fun, talking about God loudly, right? Pastor said this and this. And you know, waiters do not like to work on Sundays because church people come in to their restaurants and they take so much time and they're so demanding, at the end of all that, they, they, they stiff them on a tip. Christians are notorious for stiffing on tips. What does it do when, you're, when they know that the waiter listens to you and then after all they've done to satisfy all your needs and allow you to take twice as long on that table, <laughs> then you stiff them with a tip. What does that say to that waiter? Did you just move them closer to Jesus? I, I don't think so. Yeah, you see, I have to say, it's like sport. <laughs> it's, it's like sport. You always look for every opportunity you can to move people closer to Jesus. It might just be a tap on the arm and God bless you, but when you do it, you don't look away. You look right in their eye and you take a moment and you say, have a good day and, and God bless you. You know, more than half the time, I would guess people tear in their eyes because they want to believe <laughs> that God is blessing them. First Peter 3 says, always be ready to give a clear presentation of the gospel. So you can't go to sleep on this. You need to be doing it all the time, right? I, I had my annual EKG yesterday. And uh, uh, so, but you're always ready, right? And so he's a, he was a talkative chap, really nice guy. 
and he's putting the things on me, you know, how to how to hook me all up. And he's talking about the world, how crazy it is. And he said, I'm from Connecticut. I know how bad things can be. And so now I'm in Arizona. And, and I love California, but I couldn't handle California. We're talking about all this. And all of a sudden, I start riding around. And you know what the root cause is? The root cause is that we've left God. The further away we get from God as a country or as individuals, the more chaos we have. And, and the closer we get to God, the more peace and joy and love we have. And so our problems are not racial or political, they're, they're scriptural. They're, they're the fact that we've turned our backs on God. That's the problem. He said, I never thought of that. I said, it seems like you might like to know more. And as I was getting going out the door, I pulled out my little Seeking God card. I should have one here for a prop, you know. You can get it for a website free of charge. And, and I said, if you go there, this website would tell you how much God loves you and how he has a plan for your life and what you spend eternity. He says, really, that's really cool. I said, you have a good day, God bless you. Um, it's fun, okay, it's, it's fun. If you're nervous sharing your faith, um, you're not doing it right, something's wrong because you're, you're, you're caught up in the process of I gotta do this, I gotta, you don't have to do anything. You never have to leave your comfort zone. You, if you're a Christian, you love on people, but you just need to do it in a way that they know it's coming from the Lord. You don't want them to walk away saying, wow, Bob is a really nice guy. You want them to walk away say, that Bob, he's a Christian and he just loved on me. And maybe I should be a Christian, right? We just love on people in the name of the Lord. We're good at loving on people. We're doing, a good, doing good things and being very proud of doing good things, but that has nothing to do with redemption. It has to do with making you a highly recognized and exalted <laughs> and appreciated, perhaps loved friend or person in the community, right? That's not what, that's not, most evangelicals think that's sharing your faith. That's not sharing your faith. Being good doesn't get you or anybody else into heaven, okay? Um, I, I, I drove in this restaurant recently I actually didn't drive. A friend of mine drove me in the restaurant. It was 1.30, the parking lot was empty. He could have parked anywhere, uh, lots of open spaces, but he, he pulled me up right in front of a, of a car with the hood open. And there was nobody there for the moment. By the time I got out of the car, there was a guy there with a sparklets bottle. You know, there were these big bottles. <laughs> and he's, he's pouring water into his uh, radiator, all right? Got the picture? <laughs> So uh, I closed the door, walked up, and said, hi, anything I can do to help you? He says, oh no, I just have a leaky radiator and I just got here from Alabama, just drove out and, and I had to have keep filling it with water. So I just got me a big, the biggest bottle I could find and, and it lasted. I just pulled in here, I just got here. I said, wow, what are you doing all the way from Alabama? He says, well, a friend of mine uh, got a job here uh, driving trucks. He said he could get me one. And I said, well, what's wrong with back home? He said, I, it's, it's just, tough. I can't, I have a daughter and a wife and I need to take care of them. And I couldn't find a job where I could do that. So I decided I'm on the road. I'm going to come out here. I said, wow, that's gutsy. He said, yeah, it is kind of. I said, you ever, um, you ever drive a truck before? He said, no, never drove a truck before. <laughs> I said, you're a little bit nervous about what you're facing right now? He said, do you think? <laughs> So I just, I started laughing with him. I said, you know, I started this little car wax company a long time ago and nobody knew who we were. Now we're the number one selling car wax in the, in the world. But I found, I did that by, because I discovered this, there's a wonderful scripture in the Bible that says, trust the Lord with your whole heart and he'll direct your steps. He's what? 
I said, yeah, wouldn't you like to know that God would direct your steps? He said, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I said, you have no idea. You have no idea. So I pulled out my Seeking God card. Why don't I have one of those here? And I said, here, take this. This will tell you everything you need to know about how much God loves you and wants to direct your steps. He's looking at that like, wow, like I just gave him a, a treasure. And it is a treasure. It's the, it's the Word of God. So he, he looked at me and he said, well, thank you. And I said, of course. I said, can I pray for you? And he says, oh, that would be wonderful. Now, this guy was not like me, okay? He, he was a black guy. He was tatted. He had dreadlocks. <laughs> he didn't look like me, <laughs> a lot younger than me. And he's asking me, yes, give me permission. Yes, I can pray for him. And so I did. And the Holy Ghost came on us. It was a wonderful moment. And he got out and he looked at me. And then he just grabbed me. And he said, thank you. Wow. <laughs> That's living for God's purpose. That's that is that's what it's all about. I mean, it's just, when you live for God's purpose, He ignites your life. Uh, you're not living for the world's purpose. You're not just living for things that that are, you know, seeking the flesh. You're you're living for God's purpose. And I got to tell you, here's the end of the game. <laughs> that is fun. That will ignite your life. See you next time.